Hey, everybody. Tonight, Adam Krautwurst and I, I'm Mike Shope. We're going to talk to Jerry Hooten, the winner of last year's main event at the FFPC. We'll see what we can get out of Jerry as to how he did it. We'll talk rookie landing spots, and if time permits, a shark story. This Ooh. is The Deep End, going live. Get it, Adam? Sharks? I'm excited about the shark story. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Jerry, do you have any interest in sharks, by the way? We didn't talk about this in advance. Yeah, don't let them swim up behind you. That's about my answer. <laughs> Seems like good advice. It may We've have been remember Jaws when, the, when it scared everybody out of the water. Yes. yes. We're going to need a bigger boat. Hopefully exactly. this boat tonight is big enough for all of us. It may have just happened to me last week, but I'm not sure. Again, that's later. we gotta we got to tease that, keep it out there. Jerry Hooten is with us. We're focused here at the deep end. Thanks to Draft Sharks for sponsoring us. We're focused on the high-stakes players, the winners, how they did it. And Jerry, let's just start right there. So you had the main event winner in 2020. I mean, that's an incredible job, of course, in every season. What was the reason? What did it for you? Probably isolating some players that were just got look, overlooked for what I thought was a pretty silly reason. Uh, Diggs being the main culprit, Waller and Hopkins. Everybody can remember going into last year, everybody thought, well, they're moving teams. They're not going to get the same targets. They're just not – I just said I didn't see it that way. I just thought those were the go-to guys on that team, and it worked out. Those three guys, you know, obviously carried us. Yeah, you know, that's that's interesting, Adam, how Diggs and Hopkins, I love that aspect of this because everybody that we talk to, back to the Draft Sharks podcast, everybody that you read and listen to, they're always pretty much, last year at least, they're telling you zag when everybody else is zigging, you know, make sure you're different. And one theme last year with Hopkins being traded and Diggs being traded was watch out for receivers on new teams. And what Jerry ended up doing with that lineup is one of those zag when everybody else was zigging. I'm not sure. I mean, it was a little bit second level. I'm not sure it occurred to everybody that that was sort of a strategy last year. But in this case, it paid off, I mean, to say the least. Yeah, I mean that, that that's huge, and it's 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 so great to kind of look back, and everyone's like, yeah, you know, kind of the same thing you're saying, Jerry, is you know, how do you pass on Diggs in the sixth round? And you know, Mike and I are from Western New York here, so we're kind of in the thick of it with the Bills and Diggs and Allen and all that. And I just I had Diggs on my most successful main event team last year, but I didn't have enough of him. Prim- that was primarily because I didn't think the Bills were going to throw as much as, as as they did. I mean, so Diggs is sensational. He clicked really well with Allen, and I think not having that offseason certainly didn't affect them as much as I thought it would have. Uh, so you weren't you weren't uh, worried about uh, that lack of an offseason for the for the new guys, Jerry? That was kind of a concern. But look, I look at the Buffalo Bills team. Who on that team besides Diggs commands the football? Sure, nobody. So the ball was going to go his way. They were going to force him the ball one way or the other. Same thing with Darren Waller. Everybody thought oh, Waller's not going to have the same targets and everything. Who else in the Raiders passing game besides Waller commands the football? You know what What tripped me up with Diggs, because he was not on any of my rosters, and again, like Adam said, we're in the area, which also can be a problem. Like, we've watched that team lose for 20 years, and like you can sort of <laughs> right. get used to it and expect the worst. But I won't even They're blame that. Super Bowls. No, that's right. And I, Adam is too young. But yes, I, I remember <laughs> those days. I went to those games, some of those games, and remember it very well. But 
last year with the Bills, you know, you had the, the digs point you're making about target share and everything like that. That's right. They had just not been a team that had thrown the ball very much. And there was this complete transformation in their offense. And also, I wouldn't say I would be scarred by the 20 years as much as this. Sammy Watkins. And I'll tell you my mistake if you don't figure it out already. Watkins was such a high draft pick, Jerry. I mean, they traded up for him. You remember. And like, okay, if you're going to make that move, what you need, and I talked about this every day on WGR, what you need to do, obviously, is just force the ball down his throat. That has to be whatever. I mean, I could, I was probably saying 20 targets in those days, which is insane, but at least 10. Like, he has to be, you have to justify the acquisition. And with Diggs, that's what they did. I mean, they traded a lot to get him, a first-round pick, other picks. But I had it in the back of my mind. I had the Bills doing what they did with Watkins. They did not do that with Watkins. There were games where he was a decoy, and that was their plan. So it didn't have to mean anything. I should have known better. Like, it was all different coaches and management. Everything about the situation was different. It didn't matter that he played for Buffalo. But that was in my head, and that got me beat because Diggs, they did, they did the thing that they didn't do with Watkins – which was throw like you said, you predicted it. Throw him the ball all the time. Well, it's not that I thought he was going to get. It. I didn't, you know, expect him to do what he did. I'm, mean, you know, be honest. But I thought, at my, you know, in the middle of the sixth round, he was just tremendous value. But Buffalo couldn't run the football either. The only thing they could do was Allen run around and throw the or throw the ball to Diggs. I mean, that was their offense. And they finally <laughs> caught up with them, and they, you know, the AFC Championship game. But I mean, that was their offense. Right. We did know about Diggs, Adam that he was great that I, I didn't get tricked on that. Like I believed Matt Harmon's work. And we talked about this on an earlier show. I mean, Diggs is a big story from last year. And so is Allen, but it was, it was not a surprise to me that Diggs was an elite player. That's what I expected. I don't know about you. You're a bills fan. And I don't know what you thought you were getting in the player. Yeah. I knew I was getting a a really good player and and I knew kind of as long as, like you said, as long as the bills used him, that was, that was going to be, he was going to have a, have a great year, you know, and, and kind of looking over at your uh, roster here, Jerry, you know, like you said, you were, you were big on Waller. You obviously had Hopkins and Evans and Diggs. You basically, did you shoot for those kind of target hog receivers there on like, there's the number one receivers in, in, in their offense. I know Evans had some competition, but Waller, Hopkins and Diggs re- really didn't. Yeah, precisely. That's what I'm saying. You know, you, know, you got to go after the guy that, who commands the football on that team's offense. Because it's running back or tight end or whatever, get the guys who command the football because that's who the ball is going to be funneled to. Did you draft this team online? No, we drafted live in Vegas. You went to Vegas. Is that is that how you like to do it? Is that sort of like the only way, or how do you look at it? Well, we draft our four main event teams live in Vegas, and it just kind of makes up. It's the only time Philip and I ever get to meet each other, so we kind of make a deal out of it. So let's talk about that. Philip is your nephew. Correct. And you live on the West Coast, and do you sort of partner on picks and teams, or how do you make it work? Well, we partner on – I do most of the best balls, the cheap best ball, $35 ones, because I have way more time on my hands. Uh, but the Dynasty main events, everything, we talk everything out. You and said it, earlier that he has the trophy? Yeah, I got mailed to his house. <laughs> Hasn't seemed to find its way north yet. <laughs> he lives in California? <laughs> yeah, just outside L.A. You feel like you probably deserve some time with that trophy. I don't, you know. I do. I don't know if you do, but I, 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 Adam, right? I mean, we both feel like Jerry should get the trophy. 
That's right. I got the money. So, you know, I got the money. I'll, you know, the trophy can wait. I got the money. So we're cool. So how do you make picks? When it comes down to it, this is the main event. This is a $1,900 entry. Do you ever have a problem figuring out what to do? Well, yeah. The funny thing is when we're on the ends, we have more of a problem. In the middle, yeah, every now and again. But most of the time, we're on basically the same page. But when one guy has a little bit of harder feeling with it, you know, you just go with it. You can't assume that you're perfect. And if your partner's got a strong feeling, all right, let's go that way. Do you remember where you picked in this one, Jerry? I see you have uh, Six. Kamara. Six? Six. Okay. Was this after or before when Kamara – Kamara had that small window where people worried that he might hold out. Remember that? Was this before or after that? This was, this was the day, the Thursday of the first game, Thursday night game. It was after that. He was already back Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the same. There was some things talking about him taking an epidermal. I kind of heard that rumbling. So a lot of people in one of my drafts, he went at 109. Remember that, Adam? I mean, there was a there was a short window there where you could get Camara cheap. There was one draft where I did. I don't know if you took advantage of that at all. Yeah, in fact, I did a. I remember doing a five hundred dollar um, auction draft in that two or three day window, and I ended up getting him as like a like the seventh or eighth uh, running back price, and I. I ended up winning the whole whole thing, but uh, I had a couple of good players. But uh, yeah, Kamara was was cheap there, um, for sure. And so, Jerry, one of the things we like to do here on the on the deep end fantasy football podcasters, we like to kind of dig into, especially you know, congratulations on winning a half a million dollars. Uh, but we like to dig into like how you won and kind of uh, what's the secret to the sauce. What what type of stuff do you find valuable to research? What stuff kind of do you not really worry about? Are you a you know, are you a zero RB guy? Are you a heavy running back guy? Like, what's your what's your deal? I know this is a cliche, but, I mean, you just got to let the draft kind of fall to you. Find two or three guys that you really, you know, want to target. And if you got to reach for them, then you got to reach for them. But um, I'm a believer in just sitting and seeing how the draft falls to you. I think that's the best way to go. I, if you, I think if you go with a preconceived notion, okay, I'm going to go running back heavy. Or I'm going to do, you know, what – uh, one right, one running back earlier than all wide receivers. If you go in with a preconceived motion, well, then you try maybe trying to jam that notion into what's not really there. So just let it come to you. What that sounds like is you sort of divorce yourself from focusing on position groups. Is that the bottom line? Like you're not, I'm not taking this many running backs. It's just sort of if you look at the board, when's your turn? Where's the best value? Talking redraft, I do a lot of best balls. If you're talking redraft, I like to get at least one guy. I get a pool, first, second round, maybe the top of the third. I at least want to get one of those guys. In a tournament like this, though, you drafted sixth, you said, second round. So who would have been? Was Hopkins your second round pick looking at that roster? Yeah, Philip was really high on Hopkins, so we took him in the we took him in the second round. You sort of gave in on that one. Yeah, I would have gone in a different direction at that point, but you know, I can't really make a, a strong argument against it, so we went with it. And it paid Jerry. off. This is a half million dollar winner. Do you remember who you wanted? <laughs> oh no, not really. No. Okay, Jerry. A couple times you brought up Waller as as someone else who, you know, who else was going to get the ball. That's a that's a great point. And you think about the Raiders. A lot of us bought into rookies last year on the Raiders, but Waller was was good and. He was one of my big regrets from last season. Like, why didn't I sort of trust what he had been already 
in the career in his career. He wasn't super young either, even though he was kind of a new phenomenon. So you get to Waller, and was he somebody that you know you want to get tight end done, or was it specific to him? Waller was one of the guys who we went after, and we went after him from day one. First draft in January, we we pounded Waller, took him in our dynasty teams. We wanted. I just I just could not believe the talk about him, and I just couldn't understand it why everybody thought he was going to fall off when he looked phenomenal two years ago. I just I just didn't understand it. So we pounded Waller and everything we could. Yeah, I'm looking again here, uh, and it's you had such great depth too. Not Hopkins, Evans, Diggs, but then you had Boyd, uh, who who was great first half, obviously fell off. Uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, on the bench. Such great depth there, along with um, being able to kind of ride the hot hand Fournette kind of there at the end. But um, And then Alvin Kamara's what? What do you have, six, six touchdowns? Could have had eight. Could have had eight. I had him on my main event team, and, and uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't mad about it. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. He could have absolutely had, had eight. Um, Jerry, what did you do at running back two throughout the season? So Fournette wasn't always playable. Neither was Latavius Murray. Was where you have Gaskin was nice. Like, did you have a lot of waiver movement, or what was your running back two situation like? Well, Gaskin was a waiver wire picked. I I was after the first week. I said, he he started, and he's on the waiver wire. I mean, you get a starting RB on the waiver wire. Okay, so I bid like five bucks for him, and got him. Same thing with Herbert. Herbert when uh, Tyrod went down. Well, what a way to go down. Me too. Right. <laughs> I picked Herbert up then. Same thing for five, ten bucks or something. Picked them both up the same weekend. If the it wasn't for Herbert, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We got to yeah. get to Herbert before we run out of time. Let's let's talk about him. So he was a waiver pickup. Yeah, I picked him up after week one. Adam, does that make you like sort of? Does your stomach hurt right now? Is it an ache? Is it a sharp pain? When you think about about <laughs> Justin Herbert being on waivers in week two, is it at all? Is it full body soreness? What what kind of pain? How would you describe it? No, it's, you know, I, I was the same way. We, we picked up uh, in one of our main events, we picked up Herbert uh, after we, cause you have to remember too, a lot of these main events, we, some people drafted in July, slow drafts for these main events. So you've got, you've got t- rosters that have been set for months, you know, and then um, before training camp and all that. So, and then there wasn't much training camp and Herbert, like even if you watch uh, the HBO special there, there was not much on, on Herbert for the, for the chargers. And um, yeah, so I, I picked him up in the league and I, I get the excitement there from from, from Jerry about, about picking him up, um, but Jerry, yeah. So, was there any preseason prep work? Who do you who, who do you trust? What are your what are your kind of some of your go to things that you're work that you're researching and studying? Do you have any favorite sites, favorite um, columns by, by by anyone? I own a parlor car company, so I'm on the road a lot. So I listen to a lot of Sirius XM radio. Okay. There's a guy in the morning, not John Hansen. Uh, I forget the name of his program. But it's kind of ironic. I listen to him pretty religiously. And the guy who won the FPC $500,000 championship two years in a row Abid. also listened to that program. So okay, <laughs> that's not an endorsement. I don't know what it is. Then uh, I do uh, – this guy's called KC with football uh, scientist. Yeah, Casey okay. Joyner. There you go. I'd, uh, I I download his gold package. It's worth uh, – it's worth, I don't know, whatever it is, the 100 bucks or whatever it is. And uh, – Sounds like it's worth half a million dollars to me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, Jerry, I'll just ask you this while we're live, or I, I could just call you later, but I, I'll want to share what you've said and maybe tweet that 
and would you you wouldn't mind then if you uh, allowed me to tweet Casey? I'm in a league with Casey Joyner, but I've never met him. And John Hansen, I could tell them what you said. That wouldn't be a problem, would it? They'd probably Absolutely. be very happy. I'm, I'm, I hope you do it. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. I mean, that's about the best endorsement that is possible, right? Like when, when Adam came up with the idea for this show, he, he was basically all nuts and bolts. He's like, I want to talk to people who won money about how they did it. And so the people who helped them, I mean, we want to give them the credit and we want to show other people this is really how it worked. So... You know that that would be uh, that would well, definitely you know Matt be something. Waldman too? Matt Waldman, yes, I'm in uh, the same well, league. I'm in with KC. Matt is in also. Well, tell him thank you. His report's tremendous. If you don't, if you do dynasty football and you don't get his report, you're not doing it right. That is, I could the rookie scouting report. The rookie, I could not agree more. I mean, Matt is such a great guy, and I I can't wait to share this with him that that you said that. So, 2021, Jerry. I feel I feel like what you're probably doing is just not playing fantasy football and just drinking Mai Tais all day. Uh, I've, about, I've done about 45 best ball drafts already this year. So What a guy. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that we've been in a couple together. Should I look sure. for the bullseye name or what should I do? Absolutely. Everybody's taking shots at me, so you might as well too. Well, I, I didn't connect it until tonight, but – Adam, all my teams in FFPC, I'll tell everybody now, not that it is a big deal, but all my teams are named for hats. So if you're in a league where somebody has a team name for hats, named after hats, that could be me. It doesn't have to be. But You mean like hats like New Era? No. Berets, visors, sombreros. Okay. It started with Matt Schauf of Draft Sharks because Matt gave me a hard time, which I invited. I, I, I asked him to give me a hard time, to be honest with that sombrero I wore after one yep. of the shows we did. So it just started like that, organically, I believe. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Um, my, I'm actually draft guy in all my – I should change my Twitter handle to, to draft guy because that's, uh, that's my name and all the – because all the good names were taken, like fantasy football <laughs> addict and, you know, all the, all, the, all the fun addict fantasy football names were gone. So I had to I had to think of something. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that, that's me. And I'm in – 800 drafts too so yeah jerry well listen good for you congratulations on all your success the big win you and phil yeah we're shooting for you but you welcome that would you rather <laughs> win and have people shooting for you or neither oh you'd rather have the win and have people shoot at you i mean that's, that's the name of the game that's, that's it. right so you, you you bring on that challenge and uh we'll be we'll be looking for you in, in the room thank you jerry congrats again thank you and thank you for having me on Thanks so much, Jerry. All right, Jerry Hooten out in Washington State, the big winner. Big winner. I'm jealous. I mean, there's always luck. Sure. Whether that's Herbert or whether that's, I mean, Gaskin, hard work pays off. You and I are in, whether it's the big leagues or the home leagues, when you just keep taking, you keep throwing your darts, right? Whether it's those guys or other guys, you keep throwing your darts. I'm sure he picked yeah. up lots of guys that we could not see on that roster. Because by yeah. the end of it, he didn't need them anymore. He hit the bullseye and <laughs> sorry, hit the bullseye <laughs> right. enough hit times that he, he, he was all right. So um, that's right. I, could you have possibly last year? I mean, there's always this too. You couldn't have won this tournament without that Camara game, maybe, or like did all the top teams have that six touchdown game in the end? I think so. I'd have to go look at Abib's for the football guys and see if he had him. I think so. The thing that really 
you know, this sounds funny or maybe, I don't know, maybe I've just been doing this too long. Like when he went crazy, I was excited because I had him in my main event team. But I also realized too that when it's your first round pick, a lot of people in the tournament have so like if it was like Miles Gaskin type player that went for six touchdowns and nobody was starting him, then you can really separate yourself. But when it was Kamara, it, it, so I think I'm I'm not going to be 100 percent accurate here, but I think when the week started, I think I was what 180th, and after he had his six touchdown game, I think I was like 101st. So it moved me up 79 spots or whatever, but. It basically just solidifies all the Kamara owners to be in the money is really what it does. Well, it's a, it's a huge game breaker when it's a player that nobody else really, really started and he goes for six touchdowns. Sure. I mean, it depends on how far back you are. If I remember mm-hmm. right, the Kamara game was on Christmas Day. Yes. And Gaskin, if that's the same weekend, it's the game, the Dolphins and the Raiders, where Aguilar has the big catch and then – well, maybe before that, but Gaskin breaks the long one. Fitzpatrick yeah. throws the, the ball from his butt that was caught down the sideline. I feel like that's maybe the next night. And so, you know, you look at a main – right or wrong, you look at a main event winner and you line it up with what happened in week 16, it's going to make sense. Of course, for sure. So – but you had you got to get there. The, the harder work, of course, is to get there. And then you just – everybody in that situation would know – you take your chances. Well, well and, and the exciting part is, too, even like like you were saying, like the whole – it's just one play. It's just one touchdown. It's I think Abib won football guys on that last touchdown pass from Allen to Diggs where he's rolling left and throws a laser beam across the body to Diggs yes. in the back of the end zone. Like just an insane play to win half a million bucks. Like absolutely insanity. You know, you always mention how we're in western New York, and I do – I've been on the Bills post-game show for most of the last 20 years. I couldn't enjoy it. That was my that was my first COVID night. I was isolated in my bedroom while my wife watched the game. She didn't even watch the Bills, but last year was one of those years where everybody did. So she was down in the living room of her house watching the game. It was like, oh, oh, ah. And I'm just <laughs> and I'm watching the game on the Yahoo app on my phone, Monday Night Football. And I'm I'm beating a guy by like 38 points or something. This it's a league that I've always cashed in it, a home league, but I've never won it. And I was let's say 40 points ahead. This is this is a real story. <laughs> I was up maybe 40 points ahead late Sunday. The day the Bills game is a Monday night game, week 16. Late Sunday, Eagles Cowboys, and Jalen Hurts fumbled twice. The second one was totally not a fumble, but he was my quarterback that week. I loved it. I felt so smart. Like I I started Jalen Hurts. I trusted it. I'm winning. I'm going to win this league finally. The fumble was called on the field. Of course, it's overturned. It wasn't. And like, okay, well, that sucks, but I'm still up 37. And then Allen went up the next night, put up 38. And it ended with that play. Once that play happened, he came out of the game. Yep. The Bills had blown out a Patriots team that, since we were in diapers, has just owned them. I'm upstairs alone in my bedroom. The kids can go in the house. My wife's in the house. Everybody's laughing and I'm coughing. I'm supposed <laughs> to do the post game show. I can't do the post game show because I'm off work and I'm sick. Brutal. And I lost by less than a point to a guy that is in the Empire Niagara League with us. We'll talk about him at some point in, in detail. 
because he is in that out. league. You're in that league. He is in it. Anyway, that's a that's a memorable night. Actually, now that I think about it, we probably should ask Jerry. But that touchdown to Diggs probably put him over the top too for, for, for the main event. So, yeah, yeah what, what a he had two. He had the earlier one where he yes. broke away. He caught the ball like the thirty and, he, and just ran right up the yeah, field. That's right. Oh, beautiful stuff. So well, you got to love fantasy football. Love it. Let's talk about the draft coming up. Oh, okay. Oh, James Conner. I forgot about James Conner. Let's do sorry, that. Sorry, I, I pre I pre did no. it there. Don't be sorry because it was my mistake. James Conner today signing with Arizona. What does it mean, Adam? Honestly, I think it's – so we talked about um, the running back situation there, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, and Edmonds, I, I had uh, – we had – or I had put Edmonds as a buy as, as a buy or your stock rising type deal, and we had discussed, oh, they're probably going to get a running back and all this other stuff, and he's probably not going to end up uh, being a, a, a stock up. But if James Conner is the only thing that they add there, I think, I think Edmonds is probably a winner here because – I don't think that Connor's the the as good of a running back as they could have gotten if they took one in the top three rounds in, in the NFL draft. Um, I don't think they'll be as committed to Connor as they would be if they took a running back in the first three rounds. Um, and I just kind of think Connor's kind of done. I think he's kind of um, he had that one great year and he had a million touches and he got banged up and I don't think he's ever recovered from it. You know, he said he's at uh, you know he's only averaging four point two yards a carry over the last two years. You know, 33rd in pro football focuses rushing grades last year. It's So, you know, I don't think Connor is just this super stud. Um, and I think that uh, Edmonds, I think his stock is going to go down in these drafts as far as ADP. And I think he'll be, I think he's probably the, be- the, the, the better bet there. What, what do you think? I don't disagree. I don't want any running back on that team. Sure. Kyler Murray is the best runner on that team. That didn't change today. Murray has hogged rushing touchdowns like Allen has, or to a greater extent. Edmonds is not, he's not a three down running back. He was never going to be Connor at this point. I don't, I don't care. Is that a, is that a respectable answer? I I don't want any running back on Arizona. I don't trust the coach to make optimal decisions. I think the quarterback could be great, but I, I don't, I don't love any of that. AJ green Hopkins is, you know, he's an all-time great. He is a super player. Yep. And I think Murray can be too. But as far as the running game, they, they probably draft someone too. And it just gets worse. I mean, those, yep. there are so many running backs. Day, day, late day two, day three. Doesn't Arizona do one of those guys? And you take your Gainwells or your Kylan Hills or Stevensons, any of those guys, don't they just sort of do that? I, I just – I don't want to touch Arizona in terms of running – in terms of the Arizona, I want Hopkins or Murray. After that, nothing. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I think even um, you know Drake last year, as much as we you know, as much as he was a bust, I think he finished like so. It was an RB thirteen or something like, like that. So I think that mode would be like if he's in the the Kenyon Drake role. I think he, I think RB thirteen is his absolute ceiling, and I don't even think he. I think it's more of, of Edmonds has a better chance to get there. Again, he doesn't have a good yards per carry, but he's he's, he's good at. Um, you know, he's the pass catching back, but like you said, no goal line work. Kyler Murray isn't really checking the ball down because he's a he's a slinger. He'll sling it downfield or he'll take off with it himself. So yeah, it's a it's an avoid, but I think if, if there is some value there, I think I think it's Edmonds. You know what else? So 
Kenyon Drake might have been running back 13, but if you had Kenyon Drake on your team the whole season, were you happy? No. I mean, you, no. you would have had – there would have been good games where you didn't start him. There was that Monday night Dallas game where he broke the 80-yard run on the last play, but that felt like cheating a little bit. And the yep. same thing happened with David Johnson the year before on the same team with the same coach where you started David Johnson all the time. You hated your life, but at the end of it, some your friend goes like, well, he was running back 10. Like, yeah, great. Thanks. I didn't win anything. All yeah. I could do was maybe put him in the lineup, maybe not. I couldn't play him. I, I was never happy. Stay away from Arizona. They, they sound like a good idea, Adam, with Kingsbury. He is sort of hip, or maybe that's worn off, but at least he was. Murray, they seem like a good idea. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, Kingsbury might be a fake, a fake sharp. I'm not sure he's what they cracked him out to be or what people cracked him out to be. And yeah, he actually was RB 15 last year. You know, he's surrounded by guys like, you know, Mike Davis, JD McKissick, Naheem Hines. Like, you know, like, like you said, you could get those guys eight rounds. later. Those guys are zero RB saviors, you know, and Kenyon Drake was a first round pick. So yeah, no, I get it. Say probably avoid that running back uh, backfield for sure. I think I, I definitely will. I mean, I have some Edmonds, because, like, you know, like the great uh, Jerry Hooten. That's Sometimes right. you're in a draft, and it's just like, this is the best idea. You never know. It's still April. Right. But I, I don't think I'll be on Arizona much at all in yeah. the next, you know, five months. Yeah. Okay, well, this is really cool. The draft is coming up, and you have more experience in fantasy than I do. Yes or no? This is an amazing year, two weeks out, for trying to predict the possibilities. And that starts with quarterback. I mean, you have, in a redraft, quarterback is just sort of there. But you have several interesting ideas there. We know about Lawrence. We might think we know about Zach Wilson. Justin Fields, however, and especially if you extend this to Superflex. So there is a lot on the line in the next two weeks, I think. I think if Justin Fields, and I, I can't wait to hear your opinion, if Justin Fields goes to San Francisco at three, which is there's still a lot of division about what will actually happen there, then I think he's easily the quarterback two or the overall 102 in super flex drafts behind Lawrence. Maybe even 101, but probably not. I don't think there's any question about that. Everybody loves Kyle Shanahan. I think it's Fields. If he doesn't, then it's a mess. A hundred percent agree. I would love to see Justin Fields in San Francisco. couple reasons. One, he's out of the AFC. Two, he's with Kyle Shanahan, who's super, super sharp. Uh, three, fantasy-wise. I mean, all the weapons they got there, Debo, IU, Kittle. I mean, just think of the possibilities. Absolutely sensational. Would be, would be awesome. I can't imagine that they traded up all that way for Mac. I just can't believe it, especially in today's day and age with the mobile quarterbacks. And Fields is just so good. From a fantasy perspective, those running quarterbacks, man, those guys are – I mean, look at all the, the top quarter. And Mahomes isn't a running quarterback, but he can run, you know, Allen, Murray, Prescott, Lamar Jackson, you know, Russell Wilson. I mean, the list goes on and on. These are all top guys. So I would love to see Justin Fields in San Francisco. I would consider – I could be talked into him at the 101 uh, for uh, ahead of um, – You could? I, I could. Listen – the rushing is so big in fantasy. It's like, or at least trade back from one on one to one two and take him. 
Um, I'm probably not going to do it, but I could be t- talked into it. You know, I'm still leaning uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, but yeah, right now, Justin Fields in regular redraft is QB 23. Mike, how, how high does he go if he, how much higher does he move if he gets uh, drafted by San Francisco? Probably higher. I don't have that ranking worked out in my head, but probably higher. I mean, I mean you do, have. Do you, do you take him ahead of Lawrence in, re, in redraft? I doubt it. Do you take him ahead of Carson Wentz? Definitely. Kirk Cousins? No. Okay. Baker Mayfield? Coin flip. Okay. So you got him right in the QB 15, 14 range. Right Fields in on San Francisco. Yep. Fields on San Francisco. So I think that's exciting. I think that's fun. Yeah. I would be. And then if he, if like you said, if he, if he doesn't, could, could, could be a disaster. <laughs> I, I just want to say, I love this show because th- yeah. those are such good questions. Like Mayfield, there's a pretty good range of opinions on Mayfield and Mayfield could, the situation is really nice. You'd like for him, if they had a little bit less of affection running the ball, they still have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I don't know, but Beckham back. When are we going to talk about Beckham? Do we do a bonus show? Cause I want to just talk about so many of these players Yeah, and like the rookies are what it's about, but in the next two weeks, there's so many veterans whose fortunes could be, you know, Jerry, this is also going to be free. You don't have to pay extra for this next couple of minutes. But Jerry had Miles Gaskin right now. If you have Miles Gaskin in like a, a dynasty league, you're on the edge of the cliff. Like that could either be really good. Yeah. Think of Edmonds today. You know, Edmonds in the morning was this, and now he's this. Yep. So Gaskin, nobody knows if Miami's going to address that. The problem I have for him, or the worry I have for him with respect to the Dolphins, is they have lots of draft picks. Yes. And teams with lots of draft picks tend to blow them because they feel like, oh, we don't need – there's only so much we can do. We're not going to trade for more draft picks. They still talk about Miami trading up again. Yeah. They move down and then back up. So I think Gaskin is probably in trouble. Because they'll have so many picks that they'll get to rounds two or three and just be like, okay, you know, Javante Williams or yes. Gainwell or one, one of those guys. And if it's high enough, that really cuts into Gaskin. So there's so many, there's so much to talk about this time of year. It's it's better than the season, actually. It's better than the season. I don't know about that, but I do like I do like talking about it for sure. <laughs> I can't wait for the season to be over. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Who do you like next? Etienne. You want to talk about him? Yeah. I mean, you have you still have, including the Dolphins, I mean, you still have a small number of teams that you really don't know what they're going to do. Pittsburgh is one of them. The Jets. The Jets also have the two firsts. So the Jets could be another one of those teams where it's like, okay, we can afford this, even though pick 40 or whatever is worth the same, whether you have two or three picks in front of it or none. Really, it's, it's it should be worth the same, but teams don't think like that. I mean, I I drink sometimes. I don't think like that either. But <laughs> fundamentally, forty is forty. So right. whatever the Jets' number is, those teams with the extra picks could feel like the Jacksonville. They could feel like they can afford running backs. My guess would be the top running backs go to teams like that. That is the Jets and the Dolphins. They both need running backs, so I would think that, that happens. One interesting team. With these top guys, Etienne, Najee Harris, is Atlanta. Now, Atlanta signed Mike Davis, and I can't decide whether that's meaningful. Is that somebody that 
really negates the possibility of these running backs going to that team or doesn't mean anything or somewhere in between? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in, in between. I think Mike Davis is all a guy that just always seems to latch onto teams and always be, be effective. Chicago, Carolina. He's just a guy that understands how to play running back. For fantasy-wise, he's a great handcuff back at the very least. I mean, you saw what he did, did for McCaffrey last year, but um, but yeah, no, they're they're gonna they're gonna take somebody. They're gonna add to that to that room. It might be it could be a Travis Etienne. You know what interests me about Etienne? Man, I was so high on Etienne for like two years. I wanted him to come out last year, um, and I don't watch a ton of college football, but whenever I watch, it's usually like the high-profile games. Etienne just looked sensational. But then I got you know. I followed Jay, Jay Moyer on, on Twitter. We're actually having him on, I think, next next week, actually, um, to come on. I really want to pick his brain on um, – I am free. Yeah, that's perfect. That's right. Awesome. I'm available for that show. <laughs> we'll let you know if there's if there's room. But um, <laughs> but Etienne is a guy that, that he is not as high on as other people. He references, like, not playing through contact and all the stuff. The guys who watch film kind of study. Um, so I can't wait to pick his brain on Etienne because I'm kind of a little lower on, on Etienne this year as I was last year, hoping that it came out. But I think in the right situation, he could be like, he's great in space. He's great. Uh, he, he can catch the ball. You know, he's super, uh, he's very fast for his size. He's kind of a long strider, but, uh, but yeah, if he can get in the right spot where he's catching passes um, and he's getting goal line work, like, you know, which is, which is what we want for all of our fantasy running backs. Right. Um, I think he can be very valuable. Um, so we'll see kind of where he goes. He could go at the end of the first, you know, to, to maybe someone like Tampa or maybe someone like Buffalo. Hopefully not Buffalo. I don't want them to spend their first on him. Um, but he could also go at the top of the second, like you said, to someone like the Jets or someone like Miami, you know, where they're in there because they need a starting runner or a running back. Well, don't forget last year, the lesson last year, if it is one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was rated below Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, maybe others and on everybody's list. And then he went at the end of the first round and that was a big story. Yes. And then Taylor and Swift went very early in round two. And there was always sort of a thick line between Edwards Hilaire and those players. Should there have been? I mean, if you look back on it, you were a big Taylor guy, I know. Yeah. But of the three, Edwards Hilaire is probably the one you want third in Dynasty right now. But you you bought the situation and the fact that the first first round meant an extra year contract. Yeah, and Kansas City, the Kansas City factor versus Detroit. Say, I don't know. Like maybe after last year, I want to not worry about that so much. So if a team at the end of round one, Buffalo is a good candidate. Hopefully they trade down, but they always trade up. You know, I don't know. You, nobody's perfect. <laughs> um, I, I think Bulldog talked about it a couple times when you were on vacation about about taking ETN or about not trading back and trading up. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I don't think they use the running back enough to really spend a first round pick on one. But um, but yeah, no, it'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of where where they go. And do, do you have any other um, thoughts on like Najee Harris as far as landing spots or how you feel about him as an actual player? I'm not a guy who watches film. I hear a lot of people talk about how important it is what they've seen on film. I don't really care. The, the teams put millions of dollars into that same investment. They get it wrong all the time. I'm pretty yeah. sure guys like you and me are getting it wrong just as often, if not more often. So my attitude about Harris from what I've consumed is generally pessimistic, but I acknowledge there's not a strong chance I'll be right about that. 
he is somebody for me in drafts, just if you care, and I, I, I don't think you should, but for me in drafts, he would have to go to a perfect team, whoever that is, like Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh the first round is, or something. That's what I was going to say. Pittsburgh might be the spot for him now. With you Kyle. know, then okay. But otherwise, I feel like people around me are going to want to invest in him more heavily than me, and then I'll try to take advantage the other way. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, what's interesting to me is I feel like last year's running back class was so much better than this year's running back class, and you only had one running back taken in the first, and that was Edward Zolaire with the very last pick. So I can't imagine you know, teams taking a bunch of running backs in the first. I think what's what's the line? Is it is it point five? I think. Yes. Somebody? Yeah. So the DraftKings line is. The DraftKings line, yeah. So there's not going to be more than one taken probably. Um, I think it's going to be all second round. It's going to be, you know, mid second round picks. And so it might not even be those teams at the top of the second again. Cause like I said, I don't think Najee Harris or ETN are as good as the, the, the top guys that came out, you know, last year. So like, I think that was a great way to put that. If Harris goes to the right Pittsburgh, I've got Pittsburgh on my mind because Connor's gone. Harris is kind of that big back, but he's, I think he's much better than James Connor, but that's something that the Steelers would do. I think. Because uh, I don't well, think they can rely on Big Ben for for seventeen games next year. ETN is the most interesting to to me of the group because I think last year with all these names mentioned, he would have been first. And if ETN is in the draft last year, I bet he goes to Kansas City, Could if be. not earlier, because yep. he is at least the player Edwards in every way. Yeah, he's at least that player. So he should go to a good team that wants to use him a little bit less than all the time. And that's not great for fantasy. And then you have Harris, who may be, you know, sort of the opposite of that generally. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not trying to talk like somebody who researches it, but I, I think sort of the research is almost – it gets to a point where it's just not worthwhile. You know, it just becomes yeah. noise. And Javante Williams is interesting. I think Kylan Hill is interesting. I think Gainwell might be. He's a great receiver as a running back. A lot, lot to consider. Let's get to two more guys before we yep. get fired, before they just cut us <laughs> off. And like the internet that, is, it's just, we can't right. even internet, have the internet. internet crashes. Right. That's right. Jamar Chase. Yeah. So more likely than not a top five pick, at least top six with the Dolphins at six. Um, you have a perfect outcome for him. Like, like he's more the number one receiver than anyone is the, the number one running back, but he's not Trevor Lawrence either jace is a very highly rated chase is a very highly rated prospect what's perfect you know are we talking fantasy or we're talking what are we talking well of course we're talking fantasy like two teams near the top are miami and philadelphia yep and philadelphia is lower they traded with each other but neither has sort of the build as a passing offense that would make you so excited atlanta has a lot of guys already. Like Atlanta has a lot of traffic. Right. So I think with Chase, Detroit is somebody that could be interesting, but Detroit is kind of bereft at this point. I don't know if there's like the perfect team yeah. where he New England trades up. They're not they're not trading up for him, probably. No. There's not the perfect team there for him. You know, the team I love the thought of is since Cincinnati. I love the thought of him going there with all those weapons. Uh, a young quarterback, his college quarterback, yeah, um, 
and then yep. just being unstoppable. Now, I think they're going to be smarter than that and take the offensive tackle because they need the offensive tackle more. Obviously, they have Higgins, they have Boyd. Like, they're set. They have Mixon. They're set at the skill positions. But the thought of him going into that offense, kind of like Atlanta. But Atlanta, again, they have a, they have a quarterback that's on the back nine. If they can put, you know, with Cincinnati, put him with Burrow and, and Higgins, one, you know, one year into his career and Boyd still, still young. I mean, that offense could just be sens- sensational. I've seen him mocked to the Lions. It's perfect for the Lions because there's no way they're not taking a receiver in the top 10, I don't think. I mean, uh, you, I guess you could wait to the second because it's a pretty deep class. But, I mean, Jamar Chase would be perfect for them because they need a receiver, and he could definitely be, be there. Um, so I think uh, – but and then for fantasy too, you know, he, if he goes to the Lions, he's getting the bulk of the work. I mean, he's going to come right out of the gate and get probably 23% target share for, for, for the team. And if he can get that, you know, as bad as uh, as Goff is, I think he could do some, do some work. He'd probably be a better fantasy receiver right out of the gate with, with Detroit than he would be with Cincinnati. If Matt Millen were still running the Lions, absolutely. They would draft yeah, right. a wide receiver. That's right. uh, but this is a close to a perfect player. And does somebody unforeseen trade up? I don't know. Like, I – I want to invest in this player, but I think there are a lot of bad outcomes for him in the draft. Sure. We'll, have, we'll have the next two weeks to get to sort of hone in on that as it gets closer. I can't wait. Let's yeah. let's wrap on Kyle Pitts. Everybody right. considers Kyle Pitts the best tight, tight end prospect prospect of all time. How high can he go? He can't get at the top two or probably the top three. The team there has George Kittle anyway, and they traded up, so that's probably out. Four is not insane. Four is not insane. No. Uh, I absolutely, not that it matters. I absolutely love Pitts. I remember just starting to watch, um, you know, because you go to, I looked, started looking at the mock drafts probably like a month ago or so, maybe a little bit more than a month ago. And, and you know, I, you know, Bill's fan, oh, let's see what the tight end prospects are. And I just, I saw Pitts. I looked, I pulled up, I'm like, oh my God, this guy is insane. So I'm texting my buddies, yo, the Bills should get Pitts. They're like, yo, he's going to be gone in the top 10. Even like two months ago, people were all over this guy in the top 10, top five. He's so good. He's 6'5", 6'6". 4-4. I mean, uh, you know, I was even t- talking with guys like, oh, should, you know, should, should a team in the back end of the first round, maybe not Kansas City, but like if this guy's a Hall of Fame tight end, how can you know? But if he's a Hall of Fame tight end, is he worth two first round picks and a second, like, you're going to dominate that position forever and ever and ever. I mean, he's, he's, he could be, the ceiling is that good. Um, Atlanta at four, um, Cincinnati, Detroit. I mean, I'm probably not Detroit because they have Hawkinson, but uh, those two guys could, could, could take him. He'd slide right in. And Atlanta loves to use, use the tight end too. So I, I could see them make, making a move there. But the problem with the fantasy man is, is these guys, just these tight ends take, I don't care who you are. It's taken forever for you know not forever but like two three years for these guys to really pop and I love Pitts so much and I'm not you know um, I'm, I think his ADP right now according to Fantasy Mojo for FFPC yeah he's he's the tight end five in fantasy drafts I know I, I'm just, to blame it kills me it I'm kills. to blame uh, are you to blame yeah like bit. I'm gonna have some of him because I need some of him but. I just it sucks that there's just no there's no value like oh Pitts I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get him out from everyone's uh, get him you know before everyone else does and you know tight end he's tight end 
five. Yeah, tight end five going in, in, in the fourth round for a rookie. Like a rookie has never tight end has never produced anywhere near that type of production. So uh, you know, that's his ceiling, I think, as, as as a rookie. So I probably won't have a ton of him, but um, it sounds like you're forcing his ADP up a little bit. He's very exciting. He really, I mean, I think sports in the next 10 years is all trending toward positionless. You know, baseball's already there. Hockey, defense forward. You know, everybody's doing everything. And wide receiver, tight end. Jimmy Graham brought it up in a grievance when Jimmy Graham said, yes. uh, well, I'm split out wide five out of six plays, so why do you call me a tight end for purposes of my salary? Right. I mean, I, I don't know. ETN is like that at his position, and so is Pitts. Atlanta is nice. Like, if you're drafting for this year, Atlanta at four, if they do that, great. If I run Atlanta, I'm not, unless I can trade down and do it then. I don't care if Carolina's in my division. I would trade with them. I think all that stuff is just, come on. So if somebody wants a quarterback at four, if field slips to four, if I'm Atlanta, I'm getting 10 offers and I'm taking the best one. It's easy. And then maybe I get to Pitts, or maybe I get to Jalen Waddle, or maybe it's Sewell yeah. or whoever. But I'm doing I'm getting somebody's first. Yeah. I'm getting somebody's first next year, and I can be just fine there. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan because I owe him a lot of money, and he's not bad, and that's fine. I'll get my quarterback in the future some other way in the future. So right. that's what Atlanta should do, and they have new management, so maybe they'll get that right. Uh, but Pitts is very cool, and. Maybe in the next week or two or both, we'll talk about what to do with him in these sort of dynasty drafts, redrafts. I mean, they're coming up. Empire Niagara, the the much talked about Empire Niagara draft. <laughs> much anticipated. Is much anti highly anticipated is just a little bit more than a month away. That's an auction startup Empire League that you and I are a part of. I love the guy who's running it. I feel like that guy is super sharp. <laughs> and we'll talk about all these guys in the next two weeks. Like, what do you do for the, the in the dynasty scene? Because, in fact, my uh, friend Joe, Sneaky Joe, from WGR today said, can you make an argument for Pitts at 101 in a one-quarterback dynasty rookie draft? And I thought that was a great question. He's good at the great questions. So, Is this, is this tight end premium? No. Okay, then no. I can't. Okay, I'll, I'll tell him. But tight, tight end premium, I was, you know, losing sleep the other day because I have a, a, a league that I pick at the 101. And I have a really good team. I just happened to make a trade with, with a guy. And I'm like, man, I could I could certainly use this guy for the next 12 years. But do I maybe try to trade back to, to the three spot? That's probably what I would try to do to, to, to get him. Well, it's a great time of year. Thanks, everybody, for watching The Deep End. We did not get to the shark story. Tune in next week for the shark story. Uh, it's not that good. I, I wouldn't <laughs> tune in next week for that. But you could do that anyway and hear us talk about fantasy football. Jay Moyer next week? Love it. Okay. I'm Mike Shope with Adam Krautwurst. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Jerry Hooten for being along, too. See you next week.